0: guys, and welcome back to Read Dirty to Me. It's your host, V Cummins, and I am so excited to be back. I would like to start off by saying if you are still here and you are still listening, thank you so much. I can give you a whole laundry list of excuses and reasons and a million other things, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say that it has been a crazy six months, um, and hopefully the third time on me relaunching this podcast is a charm. I want to explain to you why I am still doing this, why I am still trying. Every single time I would get an email about this podcast or about, um, you know, like, oh, Anchor's emailing you or like you're paying for the email server or whatever, I would get bummed. I would just get immediately sad at the fact that I wasn't doing this anymore, and there were reasons why I couldn't do it. To do the book report type of thing that I was doing for this podcast was a lot. It wasn't just reading anymore, it was reading and trying to figure out how to condense these chapters, and it was spoilery to books that I didn't necessarily want to spoil, So I was trying to, and it it was just not conducive with what was going on in my life. And I realized that that kind of reviewing of a book wouldn't be conducive to my type of life just in general because of the amount of kids and responsibilities and other things that are going on around me. I wouldn't be able to do both. So I was like, okay, how can I do this in a different way? And so I did decide to go ahead and restructure the podcast. Again, I am so, so sorry. We are going to do kind of like what the weekly recommendations were, but a little bit more structured. I'm going to give you a blurb, the blurb like I always would, but I'm going to give you things like my MVP character, the spice factor, my one critique, kind of just where I would put it on my list of books. Um I'm also going to do you know like my favorite scene. Just things like that where we can kind of talk about the book. I'm hoping to do about 3 to 4 books a week. So that's the main restructuring of the podcast. And this episode will be kind of a normal episode in that format so you guys will get to see it. But another thing that I would really like to talk about today is also just bringing on guests. I would love to hear the type of books that you guys are reading. I would love to hear from authors because I am also an aspiring author and I want to hear about your writing process and I want to talk about my writing process and I want to talk about things like that together. So I really hope you guys like the direction that the podcast is going and we actually have a few episodes banked so or we will have a few episodes banked so you guys will have weeks of a steady weeks of content uh, over the next few, like, coming weeks for sure. Like, I, I did that before I even started this. (laughs) So, um, yes, I am very excited to continue doing this again because I missed it. I kept trying to find hobbies that I could do in my spare time that didn't have the same time commitment as, like, a podcast with, like, the book report type thing that I was doing, and it just wasn't, you know, it was, like, things like knitting. I'm not very good at knitting, uh, cross-stitching. I'm getting better at that, and bread making. Um, my bread maker really helps, but otherwise, I really needed time to, you know, devote to this, and I finally have that time again, and I, you know, finally, I think, figured out a structure that really works. So, if you are hoping, if you would like to guest on here and you are an author or you are an author and you'd like to talk about your books, I would love both. Please, please, please email me at victoria at me.com because I would absolutely love to talk to you guys. So without further ado, let's get on to the new restructuring of the show. So let's start out with the first book. The first one we are looking at is Three Little Words by Alexis Winter. And the blurb of this is, I never thought getting fired from my dream job would change my life, and I certainly never imagined three little words would be my undoing. Trust me, they're not the words you're thinking. Those three delicious toe-curling words whispered by my boss were where it all changed. When budget cuts at my local school leave me scrambling to find a job before I get evicted, I stumble upon the listing of a lifetime. How hard can being a live-in nanny for a little five-year-old girl be? Especially when it's double the salary and comes with a sexy single dad. But the moment I step inside Graham Hayes' multi-million dollar estate and meet the grumpy billionaire, I know I'm in way over my head. It's not just that he's quite possibly the most attractive man I've ever seen, it's the way he stares at me like it takes everything he has to keep from devouring me. The way he curls his hands into fists to avoid touching me. The way he reprimands me through gritted teeth while his lust-filled eyes burn through me. The naughty things he whispers against my lips as his hand explores me. Way over my head. Caring for his daughter is a dream. Even his mother loves me. Soon, I'm head over heels in this fantasy I'm living. I'm even able to ignore the cryptic threats from his housekeeper, who's hellbent on getting me fired. But I'm not prepared for the world of high-powered billionaires and glitzy parties. Besides, Graham isn't like those people. He's different. At least I think he is. Until a shady character I've tried to leave in the past reappears as Graham's new business partner, and I'm reminded that I don't belong in this world. Sometimes life-changing news comes in the form of just three simple words. Sometimes it comes in the form of an unexpected, heart-wrenching secret, and the fairy tale is shattered. Sometimes it comes in the form of an opportunity of a fresh start. You just have to be willing to take the risk and walk away. Or maybe those three little words that can fix it all. It is 309 pages. Um... It is really good. Okay, let's just go ahead and get into the breakdown of it. So the first thing that we're looking at, the MVP character, Eleanor, the little five-year-old girl. So I'm, we'll get more into this in a different um, review this week, but I don't always like when they make when they bring kids in, because so many people try to make the kids this, like, oracle, this wealth of information, but they make the kids too little. They don't let the kid just be a five-year-old or a six-year-old. This book has Eleanor, the five-year-old, really well. They really, like, make her a five-year-old girl. It all makes sense. They did a great job in that scenario. Um, the angst factor. I give it about a four and a half out of ten. The angst wasn't super big. Um, it didn't feel long. It wasn't bad, but it, like, wasn't, like, tearjerker or sobbing. One critique that I have, I wish that they would have leaned more into the sex. I wish that the sex would have just been a little bit grittier, um, and I'll explain more whenever I get to the spice factor. Is it a part of a series? No. Not that um, I could see or anything. Um, Best scene. There is a scene where they are in a bar, and he believes that she's on a date. She kind of alludes that it's a date. Um, He confronts the guy he thinks she's on a date with and threatens him and gets possessive. And it's not like Joshua Stanton levels of possessive. It is very much toned down from that. And it also just kind of shows that like he actually is in this a lot more than he was kind of letting on and it really kind of snaps that thread of are we or aren't we so it's a really good scene for that it is a dual point of view um pretty much all the books that I'm going to talk about are dual point of view but it is a balanced dual point of view it's a really balanced one I thought which is always a big deal for me spice factor initially I thought that this was going to be just like a typical nanny boss romance and here's a little spoiler for you. The three little words that they're talking about, um, she calls him daddy. Like it's a whole, he says come to daddy and it like switches her flip or flips her switch. Woo, it flipped my switch too. All right. Um, if you are a family member and you're listening to the to this podcast, you don't know this, but um, and you won't know this ever again, is that I have a huge daddy kink. It works for me. I love it um this book I wish that they would have just delved a little bit deeper into it but I understand why they didn't it had a little bit more of like romance it wasn't like it wasn't going as heavy handed into like the daddy little stage which isn't something like I'm a, the biggest fan of it really towed the line well I just wish that they would have maybe delved like six notches deeper if that makes sense. Um, happy ending scale, 9 out of 10. This ending was phenomenal. I really love a well-rounded ending. Whenever I'm talking about a well-rounded ending in romance novels, I am not talking that they have to end up with children or they have to end up, um, I do like to see them together. I don't need them with kids or anything. This one had a really well-rounded ending that I really enjoyed, uh, really wrapped up the story well. And it made a lot of sense for the characters at large. So that is, um, those three words. Like I said, I really enjoyed it. It was, I would probably say like an eight out of 10 for me. I will be honest with you. Like I've said before, this podcast is not about shitting on other books. If I'm talking about a book on this podcast, it has at least like a seven out of 10. So for me, like, I always joke that the that the show Ted Lasso every episode is at least a seven out of ten for me, with the exception of one episode. But um and even that's like a six out of ten. So for me, I if I'm talking about a book on this podcast, it's at least a seven out of ten. I'm not gonna shit on book. I'll give you a critique of it, but I'm not gonna like really, you know, just like be mean. Um so for me, this book though was at least like an eight and a half, I think. Eight, eight and a half. So, um, yeah, that is Those Three Words by Alexis Winters. And next, we are going to do Grieved Loss. So, Grieved Loss is the third book in the Belondi Crime Syndicate uh, book series by Adelaide Forrest. This book was really good. This book is the one that I will talk about the whole, like, kid thing a little bit more. Uh, But let's go ahead and start with the blurb. The shadow always, This shadow always follows his sunshine. Her life is a carefully crafted lie. For years, I only watched my sunshine from the shadows. My loyalty to the blondies demands nothing less. When her husband is killed, the path is clear for me to step in and claim her for myself. I'll give her a glimpse into the truth. I give Kala and her kids one year to grieve their loss. When the year is over, I pluck them from my from the gray world she clings to, and insert them into the vivid color of my blondie life, even when it hurts and she rails against me. Rising tensions in my world threaten to steal her away from me, but I won't let anyone take what is mine. Instead, I'll demand every piece of her, her heart, her body, her soul, and I won't stop until I've taken everything. So this book um, is a little bit more of a lengthy one. It is 478 pages. It is book three out of... Eight, I no six, of the Blondie Crime Syndicate books, um, and it was it was really good. We're gonna go ahead and talk about the MVP character first, uh, which is Kala, which is the the m- female main character. So, sometimes I worry whenever I read romance novels that, like, in my head, I still have, like, pick-me energy from middle school because I'll be like, "Mm, why don't I like this female main character? What's wrong with me? No not with this woman. This woman is fantastic. By the way, the reason why I think I don't like some of the female main characters is because I see a little bit too much of myself in them and it makes me really, really, uh, introspective and I don't always like myself. So it, it's 100% a self-esteem issue and it it's not a them issue. Um, welcome to therapy with me. <laughs> anyway, so Kala, uh, the mom in this book, she is fantastic. Fantastic. She's the female, she's the protagonist. Um, she is just a fantastic mom. She's super strong and resilient, and you can see her just trying to like claw her way back after this huge shakeup of a life. And I can't blame her. The angst factor, um Eh, I think I'm gonna do, like, a five or six, you kind of know where his head is at, even more than most in dual point of views, like, he's very candid with her, he's very candid with, you know, you and his point of view, so, Like, all these things that she perceives are these big issues that are coming up aren't really issues because you know where he's at. You know, she's like, why is he missing? And it's like, oh, well, because he's part of a mafia and he's going to, you know, go slice a guy's hand open. You know that he's doing that. She thinks he's off meeting other women. So the angst factor there is a little bit low. But overall, you do have some angst whenever it comes to how you know, these big, like, dangerous moments are going to come into play. So, as for, like, that angst, yes, but, like, as for the angst of them as a couple, mm, not too much. One critique. The six-year-old was too observant. So, the kids are six and two, and the six-year-old is just far too observant for a six-year-old. And this is coming from somebody who has had, a few six-year-olds. Like, I'm not just saying this, and I know that all kids are different and stuff, but this seemed a little bit past that, I guess. Um, so this is, it's from the man's point of view, and he's talking to the six-year-old, and the six-year-old said, and he wasn't very good to mommy, he whispered. He was too young to recognize that, to have to see the way his father had kept Kala at a distance, and made me wish I'd been the one to kill Chad after all. No, He wasn't. The words were honest, probably too blunt for how young Axel was, but he was still your father. I didn't see it when he was alive, but I see the way you look at mommy. It's different. He treated her like a problem. You treat her like she's the answer, no matter what the question is. And uh, that's the end of the passage that I'm going to share. I... uh, I think that that can be said for, especially, like, if you're looking at maybe, like, an abusive relationship, but from everything that we saw about her marriage beforehand, it wasn't abusive, it was cold, and it was, he just seemed like a really absent dad and an absent husband, he didn't seem super cruel about things, um, so I guess for me, it was hard to kind of read that and be like, I don't see a six-year-old seeing those signs. And I mean, I've had like my six-year-olds sometimes will be like, oh, are you going to smoochy kiss my dad? And it's like, well, yeah, because he's my husband and they think it's hilarious because they've seen Bluey. And so I'm not saying that, like, kids don't pick up on adult relationship dynamics. They do. For me, that felt like maybe just, like, a few steps too far. Like, 10 or 11, I would have almost believed it. So um, that that is my one critique. Otherwise, I think the book was great. Is it a part of a series? Yes, we talked about that. It's the uh, Blondie crime family. Best scene, chapter 29, where they are playing as a family and her walls start to go down. It's very cute. It is so cute. There was a TikTok that I saw this morning where someone is reading a book and they are reading the, like, a really intense sex scene and their face is just blank. They don't have anything. You know, there's no indication that what they're reading is spicy at all, but whenever they read a, like, super romantic gushy scene, they are just blushing like crazy and running around like a whirling dervish, and they are just so giddy about it. And that's how I felt about this scene. It was a very giddy, happy scene. Uh, Spice Factor. I give it about a seven. The sex is there. It's great. I could still, like I said, I could read it in a room with some people and not get, like, super embarrassed. Um, Happy Ending Scale. I'm gonna give it a pretty low Happy Ending Scale, not because of them as a couple. You know that they're never gonna, like, break apart, but there is still the open door of what is happening in the crime family as a unit. And so that is really unresolved. So in a sense, because there is that level of danger, you know that their story is not fully resolved. So not that the ending isn't good, not that their relationship isn't good or healthy or strong. That is all true. It is just more of a ambiguous ending because of the outside forces so yeah that is the grieved loss book I thought it was like I said I thought it was a really good book um I'm gonna give it probably about a seven and a half I just think that for me there were a few things like I said like that kid thing which is really hard for me to get over so um, but otherwise I thought it was a really good book and then the next book that we have is Claimed for Good by Ali Parker. So Ali Parker is another one of my favorites. She's one of those where um, every single time that she comes out with a book and I see it, I'm like, oh, yes, finally. Like, I just, I really enjoy her work. Um, and I also really enjoy her work and her brother's work. Um, her brother is Weston Parker, and he is another great romance writer that we will definitely cover. But for today, let's talk about Claimed for Good, which is just by Ali. I am an anti-Romeo. I remove love. Everyone wants to tattoo their lover on their skin. But what happens when that love goes broke? Me. I happen. I remove the memory one drop of ink at a time. That's why I'm not falling in love. Ain't nobody pulling the wool over my eyes. Fuck that. My time serving in the military opened my eyes to the real world. Everybody leaves in one way or another. No way in hell I'm pitching this wagon to one woman when I can enjoy as many as I please while making a fortune lasering ugly tattoos off of heartbroken singles. Don't hate the player, hate the game. I'm good until a pretty smile and great curves steal my thoughts. She's shaking everything up in my life. She needs a date for an upcoming wedding and I need a fake fiance to help my business image. We're a match made in heaven. I hope, my hope is that we get to play house in all the ways possible. She wants a short term, but I'm claiming her for good. 286 pages, and it is actually part of a series. It is in the um, Business of Love book series, which one of them, uh, the very first one is Talk Dirty to Me. And it's one of my favorites, um, as you can see by the name of the podcast. It is one of my favorite, like, you know, little play on words. So, the... Let's start with the MVP character. We have Juliet. So she is from another book, but she is a great friend in this. She's a super fun bride and provided a really good, like, surrogate for the audience. She would kind of say the things that you were thinking sometimes. Angst, angst factor, I'd say a two. The general fight was a small one, and the re- but the resolution was really cute. So I really liked that. And I will say for me... I'm not huge on the angst. Like, I don't need a super ton of angst. I don't need to be sobbing uncontrollably for hours. I don't need another reason to do that. Um, So for me, I don't need a ton of angst. For some people, one of my best friends, she needs, like, all the angst she can get. Is it part of a series? Yes. Um, One critique, I feel like the reason for them... Making their relationship, didn't feel super high stakes. So the big thing is that his tattoo comes under fire and he comes under fire for being a tattoo remover because he's capitalizing on people's heartbreak and people talk about how he's chronically single and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, I've seen TikTok go up in a roar over a woman's bathroom. So I know that that the internet can be finicky about things like that, but it I'm not 100% sure that it feels as earned as it might be, and I also wish that we could see him be a little bit more of a super against love than he is in the book. I felt like in the book, he wasn't as opposed to love as he was in the blurb. Best scene, though, is whenever they are at a bar, it's another bar scene, but They're with all of their friends because this is all kind of surrounding a wedding. They're with all of their friends and their friends are kind of like, hey, you're in a bad mood. Maybe you should lighten up or like, hey, you, you know, uh, maybe you shouldn't be leading her on because you tend to not want love and she does. And he's like, nope, I don't care. I want her. She's going home with me. We're doing this. He's flirting with her like heavy, heavy, heavy flirting. It is a dual point of view and it's really evenly spaced, which is nice. Spice Factor. I'm going to surprise you guys here. My Spice Factor is an eight, and I'm going to tell you why. I think when you have a book like this where sex isn't the biggest draw of the book, and what I mean by that is that the romance is more front and center than the sex. Like you have sex in books where it's like a BDSM relationship type of book and you are going for, like, the kinkier books. Like, you are specifically going into that book for a BDSM relationship. Whereas a book like this, you are going more into it for the romance of it. I think if you are looking at a book that has more romance in it, it is okay for the sex to be a little bit more vanilla. It doesn't need to be, like, yeah, it can involve, like, a little bit of lights making and stuff like that. Like, I don't think it needs to be as kinky as say like a BDSM or like a daddy book or something like that but for this one what I really enjoyed and what I think that romance books that do have more of the like straight and narrow romance sex not smut sex is that you can rely more on your flirting and you can build the connection more through flirting and so yes the sex scenes are fantastic and they're great but the flirting is what really gets you there. And this book has that flirting. This book has a really good flirting factor. And I really liked that in a book like this where I'm not specifically going into it because like I need to like itch this scratch of, you know, whatever kink it might be that week. This is very much like just what, like it really builds up the connection through really genuine flirting and I think that pays off really well for me because like I said the spice factor was just like it happy ending scale the resolution the resolution is cute but like I had said before the stakes just kind of felt a little bit small like I it just didn't feel it just like still kind of revolved around his tattoo shop and stuff and just I wasn't sure how much weight that held to me But it was still a really cute ending, so I still give it a pretty high score. I would probably rate this book at about a seven and a half. Like I said, it's kind of about the same scale, the same spot as my last book. Both really good, both recommend. Just for me, those three words inched out a little bit more. So, um, yeah, that has been kind of all the book stuff this week. I do want to go ahead and put the call out to you guys for if you would like to guest. I would absolutely love that. Um, If you are an author and you'd like to come on and talk about your books, I would love that or like your writing process. That would be fantastic. I would just love to hear you guys and get to talk to you guys more. And I cannot wait to just keep doing this podcast because like I said, I really missed it and it means a lot to me to have you guys still here. So thank you, and I look forward to seeing you guys next week.